0: Hello and welcome to the LDS Study Session for episode thirty-one. With me, Matt Roberts, and today, uh, continuing with the come Me section found in Matthew twenty-eight, Mark sixteen, Luke twenty-four, John twenty-one, and uh, well, John twenty and twenty-one, I should say, entitled "He is Risen." And today, we're going to look at the section that's that's uh, called "Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed." Uh, For those that know uh, the the Saviour's life uh, will know that this uh, refers to an experience uh, with uh, Thomas, one of Jesus' disciples. We read in John, chapter 21, verses 19 to 29, that he uh, (coughs) hasn't seen the uh, risen Lord. That he's heard of the um, accounts of uh, Mary Magdalene, of the disciples that went to the tomb... Uh, he's heard of the accounts of other witnesses to the Saviour's resurrection, that he that he lived again, but he had not seen, and so he said in verse twenty four to to twenty uh, five, uh, but Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. <clears throat> the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see the hands of the prince, in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, it can be difficult to accept things uh, without physical evidence. It really can. And I think that sometimes we might cast a a negative light on Thomas, and he is often given the nickname Doubting Thomas, which I think is a bit unfair, probably, because I'm sure up up to this point he has been a faithful disciple, and he has devoted... Well, if he's one of the twelve, he, we know he has devoted uh, and put, a, put things of his li- life aside so that he can follow. So to be remembered for this uh, one act, I think, is a bit unfair. I'm sure we have many times where we uh, doubt things or we are not sure about things. Um, however, if we would, be un- we would be unable to truly have faith if we had physical evidence for everything. We know that, obviously, uh, the Saviour was on, on the earth at this time even during his life. And so those people perhaps had a, bit, had a bit more physical evidence, but they still had to believe that he was the saviour. They still had to believe what, what, that what he was teaching was the truth. And so even they had to have spiritual evidence of the gospel being uh, a blessing for them. But we do know that um, a spiritual witness is more powerful uh, than a physical witness. We read of this principle in many places. Uh, for example, in Eva chapter 12, verse 6, which is mentioned by the Come, Follow Me manual, it says this, And now I, own, I would speak somewhat concerning these things. I would show unto the world that faith is things which are hoped for and not seen. Wherefore, dispute not because ye see not. For ye receive no witness until after the trial of your faith. I find this verse interesting because it does teach the principle, of course, that faith is... Believing in things that ne- we can 't necessarily see, um, but it says here also that we will receive no witness until after the trial of our faith, which suggests that we are going to be trust tested we are going to be t- um, we are going to have a trial placed on our faith uh, in our lives and that we should expect this and not you know shrink away from that um, and I think that that 's something important to remember because during our lives we will receive um, challenges we will receive uh well yeah challenges is probably a very good word uh, to our faith uh because that is the, that is the nature of life we have we're living on this earth we don't have all the physical evidence we need to know about that the, god, that the gospel was true that the savior lived that he was the son of god uh, that the book of mormon is the word of god that joseph smith was a prophet and all of these things um we don't have the physical evidence for all of these things however we have some physical evidence, but we are expected to receive a spiritual witness. And we, when we look in the scriptures, we find that the spiritual witness is actually what defines that person. Didn't the Saviour say himself that it was advantageous that for him to go? The Spirit could be on the earth to testify of him. If you remember from a few weeks ago, we read in John chapter 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, for I go not. if I go not away... The Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And one of the words that's linked to that word expedient uh, from the Greek translation is advantageous. And so here we see that that even the Saviour told us and taught us that him being there physically wasn't as powerful a witness as the Spirit being there and being able to testify to the hearts of the men. Uh, and so it was again a clear witness that he understood and he taught the principle of spiritual witnesses being much more powerful. Another uh, one example of this in the scriptures I think is fascinating is the ex- example of uh, Laman and Lemuel. Now again I think that Laman and Lemuel, whilst they probably have more uh, things to work out than Doubting Thomas did, I use the phrase Doubting Thomas purpose for there, um, they certainly doubted but they probably took it another step further in many ways. However, I think that particularly at the start of the uh, the example of Nephi and the Laman and Lemuel and and their journey uh, from Jerusalem, I think that we sometimes again can paint them in a rather ne- negative light. Initially, their problem was they just didn't have a spiritual witness. Now, obviously, they probably went a bit further, and eventually they did take go too far. I guess away from what they should have done. But in First Nephi chapter fifteen, we find them actually trying to understand the things that their father Lehi is teaching, particularly regarding his dream. It says in chapter 15 verses 2 to 3, And it came to pass that I beheld my brethren, and they were disputing one with another concerning the things which my father had spoken unto them. For he truly spoke many great things unto them, which were hard to be understood, save a man should inquire of the Lord. And they being hard in their hearts, therefore they did not look to the Lord as they ought. So Nephi is teaching here that... Now, obviously, firstly, i points point out that he doesn't say Laman and Lemuel. He says his brethren, which suggests that maybe, perhaps, there are more uh, than just Laman and Lemuel. But we are making the presumption that they are it, it, within this group of his brethren. Uh, and it says that, he, that people need to receive a witness. They need to understand from the Lord these things. Um... Because they're hard to be understood otherwise. And then uh, there's a great response uh, by Nephi in verse eight. He says, "And I said unto them, "Have ye inquired of the Lord?" And then they said, "We have not, for the Lord maketh known, for, we have not for the Lord maketh no such thing known unto us." And I wonder just how much um, they have sought for an answer, and also how much they have recognized that to have faith. They need to understand that they need to get this faith from the spirits rather than from physical things uh, which they can receive. Interestingly, with Laman and Lemuel, they they did receive many physical witnesses. They saw an angel uh, telling them to to stop beating their brother. They they had the physical uh, experience, uh, sorry, the spiritual experience. Well, it was physical, uh, uh, the physical experience when Nephi uh, shocks them when the Lord tells him to raise his hand. There are, and of course, there's the storm that came uh, when they were disobedient uh, journeying on the boat. There are many, many physical witnesses, but that did not implicitly give spiritual witnesses. They had to receive it by the Spirit as well to, to stay true. In my personal experience, I'm grateful uh, for a spiritual knowledge, a spiritual witness of uh, the things of God, because... I have had experiences in my life where I've been given what seemed to be physical witnesses uh, to the contrary, and if I was basing my faith just on physical things, then I would probably have fallen. I would, I did have difficult, uh, I would have had difficulties on my mission. Uh, I uh, was on, like, me and my companion were, uh, were called on to give a book of moments or a referral. We go up to that place, and it turns out this person had requested the Book of Mormon so that he could prove it wrong. Uh, and so, naively, we go in and have a discussion and, you know, try and. We're, prob- uh, we're probably thinking, oh, what a great, example. What a great, great experience this will be. You know, we can help him feel the truth of it, we can help him feel the spirit. And then he, he invited us back for, for an appointment, and then he had brought out all these supposed physical uh, proofs that the Book of Mormon wasn't true. Uh, and that Joseph Smith wasn't a prophet. Um, and I had not heard most of the things that he shared. They are, of course, available uh, for people to hear. And actually, the, um, the church since uh, that time, around 2015, has brought out essays which, which deal with many of the things, if not pretty much all the things that he brought forward uh, in our discussion. But they were things that I had not heard myself, uh, things about Joseph Smith and about uh, the, the Book of Mormon. And so, because I hadn't heard of these things, because I just had I hadn't been prepared for that, I had a bit of difficulty um, for for a day or so. But I came back to the fact that I had had a spiritual witness that the Book of Mormon is the word of God, and that Joseph Smith was a prophet, and that spiritual proof carried me through. What I didn't say was that oh well you know this physical evidence, you know, must be rubbish because I've got a spiritual witness, because it would be foolish of us to, to ignore spirit, physical um, evidences, we would then truly open ourselves to a lot of mocking, and because that would then mean that we're, not, we're ignoring things which, which, may, which are plainly true. Um, however, there are two things about physical proof that might have a problem. The first one is that it might not be fully uncovered. We know that scientific evidence and scientific uh, theories are kind of developed over time. you know it was the scientific and I put that in this, into inverted commas uh, you know just to because it's probably well we don't see it as scientific now, but it was the scientific belief at the time that the world was flat um, scientific thoughts uh, about how the brain works and all of these things you know those were scientific theories uh, and that's what people believed at the time, and you were mocked for, not, for, for, for believing that. Of course now, with the knowledge that we have, because of advances in science and technology, we look back on those, on those people and we might mock them. But that was what everyone believed at that time, because that's what they had to go off. And now as we go forward and have more scientific advancements, and I, and I applaud and I, and I welcome scientific advancements, um, we start to understand more and more things about the Earth. But we need to understand that what we believe now in science may well be not necessarily disproved, but be added to or adapted or improved on over time. And that's why we we always have to take physical evidence with a pinch of salt, knowing that that's what we have found to be true physically from what we have so far, but yet there may be more to find, line upon line, precept upon precept. The other thing is that uh, physical proof must be given with context. And this, of course, I'm referring probably specifically to things from the past which we uh, have found or, or, or believe to be true from physical things we have found from the past. Um, you know, stuff to do with Joseph Smith and things like that is one example of this. Um, you know, I think that unless we have the context of, of the physical proof, it's very easy to manipulate what may be true but not give us the full picture of what happened at that time. And therefore, use that to try and paint a, a negative light on certain people or manipulate certain things that happened. Uh, people are very clever with that. Uh, I won't go into detail now on the, about, about this, maybe on a future podcast. But there are you know, many contexts which need to be understood to then understand the full physical proof. Uh, and we know that a spiritual, well, a spiritual witness can't be manipulated a spiritual witness is truth, is light. If we are in that moment and we have felt that experience, then we understand that. And if you haven't, and if you haven't felt that, then, then we need to seek that. We need to go to the Lord in prayer. We need to study deeply and we need to try and find that truth for ourselves. I firmly believe that because I did that. And I've done that many times since. i felt the same witness. And I know that spiritual witness for doubting, for, for, for Thomas will have supported and helped him. Perhaps he hadn't quite received that spiritual witness. And that's why the Saviour says, Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Anyway, that's all uh, for this session. Thank you for listening and I'm grateful for your time. If you have anything to share about what we've studied today, please do so at Roberts 90 on Twitter. or oh, Anything that you've uh, shared or studied recently would be lovely to hear from as well. Thanks for all your time and until we meet again.